you seekers, explorers and uh, renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. If you listened to one of the first episodes of uh, this podcast uh, show in January of 2021, you will know that I perceive or I see uh, choice as a superpower. However, it is one of the more difficult concepts to really expand our consciousness into. Because if we recognize that we have a choice in our lives, that also means that we have to be accountable for the choices that we have made. And uh, if we are accountable for the choices we've made, um, we also have to be accountable for the experiences we've had in our lives. However, if we can reconcile with the choices we've made in our lives, that then allows us to make bold choices and use choice as a, a tool and a superpower as we progress forward in our lives. These two concepts of uh, accountability and choice are so multifaceted and multidimensional it's uh, really challenging to go into every aspect of it. For example, you know, in some belief systems where we uh, talk about reincarnation, for example, where your soul then makes certain decisions as to what it wants to experience as it comes into this experience of uh, reality, this reality that we are perceiving here, uh, that we may not consciously be aware of those choices and then look at things happening in our lives and questioning how we could end up uh, experiencing those things. So there are certain aspects though sometimes we might just have to reconcile to have faith with and trust that the experience is there for our highest good to allow us to learn something about ourselves. I'm not going to be one to claim that this discussion that you're about to listen to is uh, fully comprehensive in its approach to exploring and discovering uh, every aspect and facet and dimension of accountability and choice but it's certainly a very very good platform for you to start to ask yourself the questions as to you know what are your choices and what can you control what's what aspects uh, do you are you accountable for and so forth i'll go forth and uh, see what resonates with you i hope you enjoy it so juna barnes who was active in the beginning of the 20th century and she was a Activist and an author, she said that a man is whole only when he takes into account his own shadow. But it is the idea of being accountable for the choices you've made in your life. So, you know, we make choices and there are consequences to those choices. And a lot of times we find ourselves perhaps blaming external uh, events or external people outside of us for the different uh, consequences that have uh, occurred to us because we, we tend to externalize everything. So we, we make choices and then things go right and there's always some person or event that we can blame it on, right? So we, we end up uh, with the perspective that in the external, when we are externalizing our choices, that we, we have this kind of blame culture that we live in, right? 
and that causes all sorts of uh, rifts and division and all that. Uh, now, if we look inwards for uh, to look at what choices we have made, because at the end of the day, for all the different experiences that we have, the only constant is ourselves. So at some point, it, is, it does behoove us to take a look at and say, okay, what, what is the constant here? And we very quickly should discover that we are. And in that, it is always the choices that we make that lead us up to the events that we experience. Now, clearly, sometimes those experiences can be challenging. And the, when we are in them, they seem to be the wrong choices to, to have made. However, when we come to the other side of an experience, perhaps that was the best choice because things worked out in the end. But it's the, we look at the experience and we, so we can be accountable for the choice that leads into the experience. And if we have that patience, we can actually come out of it on the other side with the best results. But that is all within our perception. So once we start looking at things from a point of view that I make the choices in my life and I'll be accountable for them, then we're able to uh, move through our experiences in a, a more gentle way within ourselves. So when we externalize our choices, we, we tend to end up frustrated. We have no resolution to the event. So if I experienced something, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and I externalized the choices, I can't resolve it because it's everything exists outside of me. Uh, so there, there is no resolution to it because there are, I can't, the item or the um, environment around me uh, is changing and has now disappeared as it were. So how can I change what is no longer there, right? Also, it often tends to, we tend to end up in conflict because we are blaming something outside of ourselves. So if we're in conflict with an experience or we're in a conflict with another person, it is uh, externalizing that choice uh, becomes part of that conflict. And as a result of conflict, we get that division. So we can see this on a personal uh, Basis, we can see this in society or in the world as a whole. Um, and I mean, we can look at environments as well. There is a division between us and uh, the environment or the ecology um, where we, we externalize that. Oh, I don't have any choice about uh, global warming or uh, the destruction of the rainforest or uh, so forth, right? Uh, so we we can look at this at a at a bigger scale as well, and at the uh, on the same token, there is that function of separation. So we, when we externalize our choices, we separate ourselves from uh, from the event in it, itself, because we don't take it into us and say, "Well, I have something to do with this." We say, "Nope, that doesn't belong to me." Uh, it was someone else's fault. So we get that separation, that division. Uh, 
Now, accountability means that we, doesn't mean that we have to blame ourselves, but we are accountable for our part in whatever experience there was, because it's always our choices that leads into the experiences we had. So therefore, if nothing else, we can always be accountable for our choices that led into that. So say, for example, you decide to walk home at night and end up being robbed. Now, of course, it's not your fault that you got robbed and had to experience the trauma of that. But you can always recognize that you chose to walk home that evening. So that is a choice. Now, that choice led up to the, the trauma and the, the difficulty or the challenge of being robbed, which then you have to be accountable for the choices that led up to it, but not accountable for the actual experience in itself, right? So when we start to bring accountability into our lives, you know, we, we are able to start to heal our core wounds, for example, because we, we start to look at our challenges and our experiences and our, our trauma from a different perspective. Uh, we start to see the bigger picture uh, because we can extract the blame culture from it and say, okay, all right, so if I made these choices, I'm accountable for that and that's fine. Now, what happened in this experience? Are there any aspects of this experience that I can be accountable for uh, that I made choices? Um, and how can I view these from a different perspective? Because if we, if we are the constant through each of our experiences, then we can always change how we perceive ourselves in that experience. So we can go back to you know, a bad breakup or something like that, uh, where perhaps we are blaming the other person for the breakup, but the breakup happened and it was something that fr from the perspective we are in today, it's, it was inevitable because it happened, right? So we can look at, okay, well, how, how can I look at it from my perspective in terms of the choices I made that led up to it? and that uh, what was my involvement in it. Um, and it allows us to see ourselves in others in a different way. Because now, once we start reflecting inwards, we start to say, okay, well, if I'm accountable for these choices I made, then I have a role to play what what role did the, uh, everybody else have to play? What part of um, the experience did they play? And how can how can I reframe it to see that? Oh, okay, fine. Everybody shows up to play a role so that I can experience something about myself. Because all experiences that we have are there to teach us something about ourselves. So this is where, you know, people talk about showing gratitude for people that show up and uh, cause us to challenge ourselves or to be challenged. 
that is because then we have an opportunity to learn about ourselves. So we can be, account be accountable for our choices that led up to it and how we choose to act and speak and um, think in the different experiences, but also afterwards. So I can be accountable for how I choose to look at my past experiences, right? So this is where I go back and uh, I always talk about, you know, compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude when we look at past experiences. And part, part of the acceptance is to accept that I made choices that led up to it. So acceptance is very much about recognizing, recognize that I have choices and I, uh, I have to be accountable for my choices. I don't have to be accountable for everybody else's, but I can accept that they had to make choices as well, right? And I can accept that not everybody is going to be accountable for their choices. They, a lot of people are going to externalize their uh, choices. But if I can recognize that that is how, we do, uh, how others do it, then I don't need to take that on as something for me personally. Their choices are their choices. I don't have to be accountable for that. When we, become, when we are able to become accountable for our choices, then we start working on all of these past experiences and reframing it in the way that we can then extract the gifts from them and show gratitude to them. And then we start to deal and heal the core wounding because now we become aware of them. We are actually able to work with them and heal them, right? And once we've done that and we are able to work through that process, we are able to experience flow much more readily because we don't have a lot of noise in our uh, different bodies, whether that being, you know, pains and sensations in our physical bodies. Uh, you know, chatter in our mental bodies, disturbances in our ener energetic bodies, disconnection from our spirit, uh, soul bodies. We are able to show up um, and be more congruent within ourselves to become uh, to be more in flow. And uh, we uh, also understand our role in these different experiences. Like I said before, uh, that we can see. What, why did I show up in this experience and why did everybody else show up to help me understand something about myself? When you were talking about accountability, um, there was a lot of times in um, my past, because you brought the past up as well, that had um, <clears throat> did some damage. And I had to, I remember that I had to write out all their faults for what they did to me. And then I had to write out what I did, you know, like where, what my part was in. And um, I couldn't change that person, but I had to start um, forgiving them, but not just forgiving them, I had to forgive myself too for um, being part of something that was, in my case, is dysfunctional. So, you know, like I had to be, I can't, that's the only way I could describe it. Mm -hmm. 
So you had to go through like a lot of um, forgiveness and, you know, it's like, now it's like, I'll become, I have to watch and have a balance because I think that I should be accountable for everything that goes wrong. And um, that's just a lot of stuff from the past that I'm healing. But I have to be accountable for my own actions. And I can't really worry about the other person because I don't know what they were feeling or how they were feeling at the time. All I can do is, from my part, is take that accountability and perhaps discuss it with that person. And I do this now. Back then, it was very, very, very different. So um, I, I, I always own up to my part. And um, I also try to see the other person's part and to kind of do an equal balance of um, that I wasn't always, like that I always shouldn't be, like I should be accountable for my own um, behavior, but I shouldn't take the whole blame is what I'm trying to say. Like I shouldn't take everything on just because the other person doesn't want to or isn't, you know, doing his part. So uh, that's all I really have to say on um, on that part of, uh, of yeah, in, in terms of now accountability is one of these balance acts really because a lot of times we we when we start to talk about blame then we there is an assumption that blame has to be apportioned blame never has to be apportioned because once we apportion blame then we start to enact guilt and shame right so but you that, also don't you also i'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. but you also don't want to um keep blaming everybody else for your action absolutely you don't want to be bl- blaming anybody for anything or have anybody blame you for anything so that's why i'm saying i when i work with my clients i always remove the aspect of blame because there is no blame Right. The only thing you can be accountable for are your choices. Now, your choices are essentially what you can control. So you can't control anything external to you. You know, I can't control what anybody says to me, or I can't control, you know, if the sun is going to shining, shine, or there are going to be clouds in the sky. Right. So the only things I can control are my words, my thoughts, and my actions. So, for example. Uh, if I have, if I feel triggered because uh, someone says something that triggers my core wounding, that is not something I can control. So therefore, I, it's not a choice I make to have that uh, emotion uh, appear in my body. But now I can control my thoughts. So therefore, I have choice about my thoughts. So how do I think about this emotion that comes up? And also, 
how do I act when this emotion comes up? And what do I say in relation to that? Because now I'm triggered. So I can control those aspects. And that's where I have, the, have a choice, how I speak and how I act and how I think. So it's the choice that we can be accountable for. Nothing else, right? So right. When, and, and the choice to be a response rather than a reaction. But you have to, like I know from my experience that when um, emotions come up that I'm not happy with or I, I get defensive with, I will automatically react. Mm -hmm. situation and then but I'm learning to try to respond because responding is better is a better way of communicating yeah if it's how your emotions are yeah I mean if it's appropriate to do so sometimes the best thing to do is to be just be present perhaps the other person needs to express uh, a pain that they have and really the only thing that is needed is for you to be present and hold space for the other person. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, so um, then we'll go into this a little bit later about trusting, uh, trusting your, your choices as it were. But a lot of times it, there is nothing you perhaps don't need to say anything because if someone else lives in a world where they externalize their choices they don't realize that they have a choice then they are going to be in that mode where they have separation from you they are going to they they are going to see a division between you and them and they are not going to see themselves in you so therefore they are they have that separation right so they most likely are going to react from their emotions. So if you do some, if you make a choice to do something that is right for you and that triggers someone else, now you're not responsible for their, their reaction to your actions. And if your actions are authentic to you, then you, you can see it with plain eyes that this is what's right for me then the other person is not your responsibility, right? So if they need to act out, you can then choose to either stay and hold space for them, or you can say, you know what? I'm not, I don't need to, I'm not responsible for your reaction in this way. So I'll leave you now and we can take this up later or something like that, right? So we don't need to respond or react. We can just say, Thank you, and walk away, you know. So it's, but if we choose to jump in and start reacting or responding, trying to defend ourselves or whatever it may be, then we have to be accountable for that and look at, okay, what is my motivation for jumping in here? Is my motivation because I feel threatened and triggered, then... Yeah, I mean, then you have to look at, okay, why is it that I'm feeling triggered about this? Of course, if someone, you know, is threatening you, uh, your life, then you need to obviously take action and make choices very quickly in whatever way that, or fashion that is. 
And then afterwards, you have to review, okay, what were my, what were the choices I made? Because you can't change the choices you made. You have to be accountable for whatever they were. Barbie, go ahead. I think a lot of things are also uh, reactions to the way that people think that they're supposed to manage emotions and things like that. So, mm-hmm. for example, you know, you and I had a very major situation occur in the last 24 hours and uh, with something professional and there was every opportunity to fly into a you know oh my god and get all freaked out and you know start just going into all of this like catastrophe thinking and so on and so forth but you know luckily the group that we work with the you know rational heads prevail and so we put our heads together to decide okay what are we in control of what are we not in control of what choices do we have in this position and what do we not? And from that perspective, there wasn't any drama. There wasn't any actual issue. And within a two hour period, the whole entire thing was handled. Everybody was you know, put into their respective beds and everything's going on in a very clear fashion. But I think what happens a lot of times is that, especially with drama and entertainment and things like that, you know, children, oftentimes learn what emotions look like based on watching TV. So I know nowadays, and I know, you know, being a father of of girls, you know, whatever kind of on TikTok and YouTube, a lot of those things end up coming into the the home, whether you like it or not. So Mm -hmm. children believe that this is what normal is, or this is what people believe, how people react to different things. And so they try on different personas and certain choices are going to get you things. So it's like, you know, even if you look at a child when they're younger, if they act out in a negative way, but they're being ignored, if all of a sudden they start acting out in a negative way and they get attention, even though they really would prefer to get attention for a good thing, a lot of times they'll continue on with that negative behavior with, you know, becoming sick. I mean, there's, there's just all sorts of things from a psychological perspective, but I think that really being able to, I think a choice is also in the moment, always kind of step back for a second and say, okay, you know, am I being goaded into or being manipulated into a particular situation where I am being goaded into reacting into a prescribed way? And then from there, you can kind of detach yourself from that moment and say, no, I'm not a drama queen. I don't need to start ranting and raving and getting angry and all sorts of other things. We just need to kind of like step into this moment. Okay, let's put our heads together. What is the actual situation? What is the communication that's being given? And then from there, communicate with all parties that are involved. And from there, get the full story so that everybody can feel comfortable. And does that work all the time? Absolutely not. But it's still having that wherewithal to be able to know that you don't have to react in an over-dramatized way. And one thing I have seen oftentimes is that there are a lot of people who are what I call hotheads of where they get, you know, they, they blow off steam by yelling at people or being angry or calling people names or saying some really mean, nasty things. And somehow they feel like they've relieved pressure off of themselves the problem is that the person that you just, you know, vomited all your anger to, that person has been the recipient of that. And that person isn't always going to be okay with the next time that person decides to do that. Because to that person, oh, I just got it out of my system and I'm good. I just vomited all over you. But there are consequences to that too, because in a lot of ways, people don't want to, I mean, personally, I don't want to engage people like that. I have no desire to do that because to me, I don't treat people like that. There's no way that, you know, I don't just blow off steam because I mean to me that's a very narcissistic thing and a very selfish thing to, to somehow think that your anger gets to be released on somebody else so that you feel relief that that's just to me that's 
that's not an acceptable way to be. So, and that's something of where I think the choice also to what you're talking about in this topic is who you get to spend your time with. You spend your time around sure. people that lose as to whether or not those people are going to be reliable and they're going to be safe. And you're going to know that their mannerisms are in, in the way that they're consistent in what you talk about the thoughts, words, and actions. So if someone's consistent in their thoughts, words, and actions, then you can continue to trust what that person says. But if a person just has these erratic, you know, blah, of where they vomit anger all over a person or nastiness or names, personally, that person has no longer the credibility. And then your choice is to no longer deal with that person, unless, of course, it's a family or a professional relationship. Well, exactly. And I mean, you, as you say, that, you know, everybody has a choice in every encounter to either stay, leave or change their perception of the uh, experience. So if you take uh, an abusive relationship, for example, when the person being abused is brave, brave enough to take themselves out of that situation, when they reflect on that, then oftentimes they have to forgive themselves for the choices they made to actually stay in that relationship. Um, so again, it is forgive, forgiving yourself is to be accountable for the choices that you made to stay in that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if if someone is yelling at me, they've made this choice of throwing up <laughs> their anger at me. Um, but then I have, in, um, in return, I have the choice of either staying and taking it, moving away from it, or to change my perception of the situation. So for my, uh, in the case of my children, for example, you know, if one of them is screaming, yelling at me, it's not a case where I can say, okay, well, I'm going to kick you out of the house because you're yelling at me. So, you know, I choose to then take the, you know, change my perception of the experience and say, you know what, her yelling at me has nothing to do uh, with me. She's hurting and she just needs to get it out. And then I can talk to her about her choices about, uh, uh, you know, how she acts, things and uh, speaks. Right. So, I think when it comes to my children, I rather talk about how do you, uh, you know, what can you control in your life? What choices do you make in terms of that control? And be accountable for your choices and take the consequences of that. So if you're yelling and screaming at someone, then be accountable for the choice, uh, for the consequence that that person might leave. So it is that kind of circle that you got to work through when i was talking about um the response and the reaction i was um coming from myself like i i know that um if uh i um if i uh <clears throat> If, you know, it's very easy to say, yeah, so I'm going to do it this way or, or you know, like um, when I when this approaches me, I'm going to behave this way. But once you're in that moment, it's 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 very difficult to stop your reactions or your emotions from getting the better of you. Like I go through. um <clears throat> and like I go through anxiety, so I'll like sometimes 
my defenses will show up I, <clears throat> to protect me from the anxiety. And then I'll, somebody will say something to me and then I'll automatically react rather than taking that few minutes to um, calm myself down and then start to, you know, respond. Like it takes a lot of practice and it's taken me a lot of practice. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's, it's just, you're going to react. And um, I didn't, I couldn't apologize to myself because it was something that um, I was brought up on, I would say, like something that was instilled in me when I was, when I was a child. So as I was working on um, reaction, you know, responding rather than reaction, and I wasn't, and I kept uh, reacting in a very negative way, I couldn't really get too hard on myself because um, I was always like that. And then I, I, I started to, with meditation and everything, when somebody says something to me that might be like, I don't like, I'll take like a few minutes and then I'll just start to respond um, rather than just come out and just blurt out whatever is there on my mind, which I, I do that at times. But um, that's what I meant by that. And, I, and it's taken practice and it's taken me a lot of practice, but I can see the benefits of taking that deep breath and then just going from the response. Yeah, okay, well, you know. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It takes practice and no one ever said it was easy. Uh, so yeah, being kind to yourself and just realizing that the only thing you can do is to, to do your best at any given time. So, you know, one time your best is that you're going to react from your emotion and next time your best is being able to observe your emotion and not react from it um, but accepting and just being accountable for those choices and just knowing that you have a choice right so as you say as you as you spend more time meditating what actually happens in my experience in a way from when you do meditate is that you teach yourself, you train yourself to observe yourself from your awareness. And when you do that, then you can actually observe that emotion coming up because the, when you do get triggered, uh, whether you're having, if you're overwhelmed by anxiety, then that trigger is going to be ever more so present. Um, so when you, when you do get triggered, you can observe your anxiety and you know your baseline, you know your emotional baseline where you're at and then that emotion comes up and you can say, okay, I recognize this. But then you can control your thoughts that perpetuate that emotion. So if you have anger coming up, you can say, okay, well, anger, I know anger only exists in my body for 90 seconds. Uh, anytime I it stays longer than that, I hold on to it with my thoughts. So you know what? I'm just going to keep my thoughts thinking in a positive way here or, but allowing that emotion to exist, not, not suppressing it. Right. So right. A, a lot of times people uh, use positive thoughts to suppress their emotions. 
rather than just saying, you know, I accept this uh, feeling, it's okay, I'm going to allow it to uh, dis or dissipate whenever it needs to, because that's what emotions wants to do. They, they want to get the heck out of your body. They don't want to actually stay in your body. So when we do keep them, it's us keep, keeping them in, right? So the... Right. And I've um, learned that um, when my negative emotion or my negative attitude comes up, it, it, it's like a, your, um, at your attitude or whatnot happens because it wants to protect you mm -hmm. from what's not familiar. So I always, um, well, I used to, I did a practice where I would say, you know, thank you for being in my life, you know, up to this point. And um, I appreciate you being here, but I no longer need you. You, can, you know, it's mm -hmm. time to step aside. So um, I, I, I try to use that, you know, every time, um, you know, my defenses come up because yeah. your defenses are there to protect you from, you know, like the unknown or something like that. So I just, that's, that's what I taught myself. For well, well the, the, the triggers appear because we had, there was a def defensive action that we had to take as a child because as children, we, our brains don't work the same way that an adult's brains works, right? So if we have an event, a tra traumatizing event when we're a child, and we feel that we're at risk from being ostracized from the family, not understanding that that would never happen. Uh, some cases, of course, it's, it is a real risk, but for the most of us, uh, then you create this defense mechanism to ensure that you don't experience that again, right? And that then becomes part of your, uh, your core wounding and your, the original sensitizing event, right? And that is what then is being triggered throughout your life when you, experience, you have experiences that are in your mind similar to the original sensitizing event, right? So that's why if we talk, uh, talk to her and say, I thank you for being there and I appreciate you uh, uh, protecting me throughout my life, but now it's time to leave because I don't actually need you any longer. That's a perfectly reasonable way of doing it. But understanding where it comes from and being able to show compassion for yourself in that uh, situation because your child's brain is going to be very different from your brain today then being able to bridge that gap, so to speak, will, will allow you to be accountable for the choices that, because as a child, you still made the choice of seeing the, the situation from that perspective. Even though your choices were very limited, but now as an adult, you can see that you had a choice. You could, could have chosen not to perceive the situation that way, but that would almost be impossible because your brain wasn't developed yet but there's still the choice right but your choice was very very slim but you can say okay well i had that choice so i'm going to be accountable for it. i'm not going to blame myself for it because there is no blame and just say 
and that's okay. I'm going to forgive myself for that, and it's perfectly okay. And I can now see that, you know, that allowed me to gain independence, it allowed me to uh, or learn independence, it allowed me to learn this and this and this. So you take what did the experience actually teach you about yourself and what were the benefits you could draw from it? So when we, when we do recognize the choices that we, we made, however slim the choices were, we can, be account- we can hold ourselves accountable for it without blaming ourselves, without bringing guilt and shame into the situation. But we always have the choice how we show up in life, irrespective of what, uh, what time uh, in life it is. And depending on your, uh, your belief system as a soul, you know, you come into this life and you choose the experiences you're going to have, then you are responsible for those choices as well, even though you're not conscious of them in this, uh, from this perspective, as it were. Oftentimes when we do kind of get to the stage where we realize that we have choices, um, there is a bit of a, uh, uh, a situation where we go, uh, we get a little angry with ourselves because we realize that we had choices about how we uh, showed up in life and we didn't actually realize it. We've externalized it. And we think back, oh, my God, I could have done this. I could have done that. If I chose to have done this instead, uh, you know, we, we, we oftentimes start with the blame game first rather than just being, hold, being accountable and say, that's fine. I, that was the best choice I could have made at that time with the understanding and the, the tools I had at that time. But I still hold myself accountable for it, and that's fine. I forgive myself for it. Um, so choices, you know, are what brought us to where we are in the current time, you know? So the, when we look at our lives, I always tell my children, you know, have no regrets because whatever choices you make, as long as you're aware of the fact that you have the power to choose, then you can you are going to choose what's best for you at that particular time with the set of data you have available at that time. And whatever choice you make, just know that that is then going to lead you to something that is going to be perfect for you. Even if you have a string of bad choices, then you know that you're going to, if you are aware of them, you are going to be able to learn from those bad choices that is then going to bring you to a place in life where you are going to be able to look back and say, okay, this is what I've learned. And this is what I'm now going to be able to show up with in life. Well, I think that uh, the adjective choice is also something like, for example, in the USDA steak business, if you get a USDA choice steak, that means it was the best one that was chosen specifically as to have the highest quality. So choice can be many different things, but it's also, there've been a lot of studies in the last 10 years or so as all the apps have come forward and Netflix and Amazon Prime and so on and so forth. And one of the things that has been noted is that the 
the plethora and the myriad of choices in some ways is also shuts people down because it's overwhelming. And sure. in the past years ago, if you went into a grocery store and you needed to decide if you wanted to buy flour to, buy, to make bread, you would probably have two choices. You buy this brand or you buy that brand. Now you go, I mean, even like for me, I don't eat frozen pizzas, but I know that I was in the, one of those mega center stores that, you know, literally could be a city and you're looking down the frozen aisles of frozen pizzas and there's like a hundred different choices, you know, with meat, extra meat, no vegan cauliflower. I mean, it's just, after why you're like, oh my goodness, how many choices can you have? Or the ice cream section of a referred of a, an American supermarket as well. It's like, you know, there's probably 200 different products to be able to choose from. And so I think in a sense too, there has been a sense of overwhelm of where people also kind of shut down. So that's one of the reasons why Google and all these other different kind of platforms have realized that if you put the top 10 things on the front page, most people aren't going to go to the second page or the fourth page or the seventh page or the 10th page, because they'll just figure out whatever is being presented to them. That's the easiest thing. These are the most popular, so they must be the best. And so you just <laughs> click on whatever and they do whatever, yeah. but it's still where I think that the over usage of choice and the over stimulation there are a lot of people nowadays who literally that's that depression and the anxiety where it becomes the contraction because people are overwhelmed so they just want to be left alone from having been bombarded constantly with like messages about this the messages about that and you know people go into you know their facebook feed and they're just scrolling 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 or they're in their instagram and they're scrolling 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 and you know it's like they it's like a rabbit hole i mean the next thing you know people have gone gone through three hours worth of scrolling of all sorts of stuff and time has disappeared and you know they have no idea what just happened it's a tiktok hole whatever you want to call it and so i think too that's the part about what you're talking about is is choosing with intention mm -hmm. choose with intention that you specifically know that the choice that you're making resonates for you vibrationally emotionally and from that perspective you know that you've made a good choice because all of those things are incongruency whereas a lot of the other choices that we make that really don't have a whole lot of consequences, a lot of those are impulsive choices. And as a result, people don't really exercise their ability to make um, intentional choices. So I think that's a, that's a huge thing too. And when you start to live a life of intentionality and you focus on all the things that you bring into your space are intentional. I mean, even like for myself, it's like, I know in the past, I've definitely done some, what I would call, you know, mindless shopping on Amazon at night, maybe four or five years ago. And I have things that are still in the box and stuff like that. I mean, I don't do that anymore, but it was something that once the one click came about, you didn't have to, you know, really think about it. You could just one click it and the next thing is something get delivered to your house. So I think a lot of people, there's a, an unconscious aspect to a lot of that. And what you're talking about is conscious. It's conscious thing, conscious choice with intentionality and then once you know that you you know you've acquired what it is you put out in that sense you can feel really really self-satisfied and content with that feeling of like a warmth over your body because you chose it because it resonates with you it's not this manipulation through media or you know buy this click on this etc etc exactly that's what i was talking about at the beginning is the either the externalizing or the internalizing of the uh, choice. So do I recognize that I have the power to choose uh, from my, my uh, or make a conscious choice that is going to be right for me or am I externalizing choice uh, 
saying that I have no power to choose. I'm going to allow things to just happen to me, um, whether it being in the supermarket and not being able to make a, a healthy choice as to what you're going to eat because you've always eaten that particular brand of frozen pizza instead of saying, well, you know what? Why don't I get some flour, some eggs and uh, some vegetables and I can actually make my own pizza and I can make it exactly how I want. So I don't need to participate in that, that, that whole commercialized aspect of choice, right? So, but, you know, if we want it convenient and we choose to participate in that, then we also know that me contributing to that will then have a consequence. So it's the conscious choice is also knowing what the consequence is. So having the uh, knowing the control of choice for yourself, right? So the uh, and realizing that we have what we can control and what we can't control will also uh, stress some people out because you know we we will feel a little bit out of control when we realize that I can only control my thoughts, my words and my actions, everything else is out of my control, then we start feeling a little bit out of control because it almost feels limiting. But once we get into it and we start realizing and looking at the whole picture, it's actually a sense of relief because we don't have to run around and control all the aspects of our lives. We don't have to run around controlling everybody around us. We can actually allow things to unfold in a way that we can then consciously interact with from the perspective of our awareness uh, rather than just reacting, right? So it's, it's also knowing that, you know, when you know that you have a choice, that you can then take the step into healing past experiences, right? Like we talked about before, you can start looking at your old experiences and what choice did you make leading into that? And then just by acknowledging that and being accountable, then you can allow yourself to release that experience as a uh, you know, part of uh, your, your trigger system. So the, like you were talking about there too, Barbie, with trusting our, uh, trusting our choices, like Maureen was talking about before as well, it's, you know, how do we, when we show up in a situation and we get triggered and we, we are conscious of being triggered, but we react anyway, right? And it's allowing ourselves to uh, observe ourselves from our awareness. And once we, um, we are aware of ourselves, then we can actually start looking at, okay, what, what are my experiences here? What is going on within my body? You know, what, you know, my thoughts, my emotions, my sensations, my energy, what does it feel like? So whenever there's a change, I then become aware of it very quickly. And I can say, oh, there's a change here. Where does this come from? Is this something that I'm seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling? Is this an external thing coming in? And then I can make a choice based on, uh, based on my uh, the, the change within my energy system. And 
then you also become more uh, aware of intuition and guidance so that you can make choices from a higher level or higher consciousness, right? And also being able to start uh, discerning what choices are actually right for you. Because the more we deal with our core woundings and our past experiences, we also start to become more and more familiar with our authenticity. And when we can act and make choices from our authentic selves, even though that may be scary for a lot of people that exist around us, um, it is something that is, like Barbie said before, it's, it's going to make us feel good about ourselves. Um, yes, it may cause a lot of other people to feel very uncomfortable because it's not something they recognize about you. But guess what? You're not responsible for that. You're only responsible for the choices you make. And you, you take the consequences for your choices and you accept them, right? So, and that's also knowing what boundaries, once you can trust all of the, uh, your intuition, your guidance, your discernment, you can trust your, that you know your bodies, then you also know your boundaries. And you, you can say, this is not for me, I'm walking away. Or, okay, well, I can allow this because I can deal with this and then I can hold space for someone and I can uh, help to solve their uh, challenges. And the uh, accept, accepting that whatever results come out of your choices, accepting that that result is going to, that consequence is going to come, right? So knowing that you can trust all of these aspects then become part of you showing up as the best version of yourself and making the choices that are right for you. And then people will know exactly how you show up in life. I think it's also, though, really important for you to show up and make choices from your adult self, though. Sure. I know that because I think a lot of people make their choices from the five-year-old within them, the little toddler that puts their foot down and they didn't get a choice to have the strained carrots and they didn't have a choice whether or not they had to eat the peas and they didn't have a choice for a lot of the things that were, you know, put into the, you know, let's play airplane. Here comes the, here comes the food the baby doesn't like. And the baby's like making faces like, no, I don't really want that. And it's like, oh no, you love it. Don't you? And then, you know, chew, chew, chew and all the other little things that we play with babies. But it's like, I think those are a lot of places where you don't have a choice when you're completely dependent on other people. So I think that it's still not coming from that obstinate five-year-old, but coming from the adult higher version of yourself to make those choices that are the best for your soul's journey and what's best for your heart overall in your life. And I think that's something that is also a huge thing because sometimes I think that that digging in your heels and stomping your feet and having a temp temper tantrum is like, well, I didn't have a choice here. So because I didn't have a choice, then, you know, I don't get, I'm not going to let somebody else have a choice here. And it becomes kind of this, um, it can become kind of an egotistical back and forth that that is kind of a sparring thing amongst yourself mentally. And so I think, again, it's that asking yourself, who is doing the choosing? And my, is it my little self who is, you know, putting their hands on their hips and stomping their feet? Like, I get to choose. I get to choose. I never got to choose before. So now I get to choose. Or is it the, okay, now from this expanded, beautiful space, I am now choosing to bring this into my life. So I just think that those two have very, very different energies 
And I know that's a nuance that definitely is in psychology and takes a lot more kind of self-examination. But I think that caveat is an important distinction because some of us really do make those choices from our little, you know, little mm-hmm. temper tantrum area. And those choices generally never work out. Well, and I think the, if you are un- unable to reconcile with the fact that even if you had your choices were very slim because you were, you know, under the protection of a parent or guardian or whatever, uh, you can still reconcile with the fact that you have a choice today how you bring that experience into your experience today. Um, and that is part of healing those core wounds and those uh, original sensitizing events. Um, because the part of healing that is changing your perspective of that experience and reframing it into a way that is going to be beneficial to you as you move forward into in your present moment. Um, and it, it is because we, we are still hurting from those original um, traumatic events or the core wounding that we are unable to move forward in life. Um, so it's one, once we're able to address that and acknowledge that we have a choice how we perceive that, then we can say, oh, wow, I can actually change the past. You can't obviously change the experience, but you can change your, your perception of the experience and the framing of the experience. So this is where we go in with the, you know, having compassion for yourself and everybody involved, accepting that you have your journey and everybody else have their journey and that everybody had their choices to make and forgiving everybody, including yourself, and showing gratitude for whatever the lesson the experience brings for you. So it's, you're absolutely right that choosing who we show up as, but if we've made the choice to say, I'm, I'm going to look at this experience from this perspective, you will never, once you do that with all those uh, uh, core woundings, then you won't actually show up as anything else but your authentic self from today's perspective because you're going to have resolved all of those old uh, trauma that you've experienced before. So that is part of that choosing process and holding yourself accountable for. So if you don't heal those, that is a choice. And knowing that you are accountable for that and and I'm, you know, everybody should be perfectly happy for anybody to make their own choices as to whether they want to hold on to their trauma or if they want to let it go, right? But as long as they're accountable for that choice. And of course, you know, showing up in society, you know, we, if, we, if we could all act from, or we can all realize that we have a choice and we are accountable for our choices, we wouldn't, wouldn't actually need laws in, in the land because we would all say, well, I don't like the consequence of that, so therefore I'm not going to choose that. But unfortunately, we're not evolved to that point yet as humanity. So therefore, you know, we need laws to tell people that if you make this choice, then this is going to be the consequence. Uh, 
But if you're consciously making choices, then you would know that anyway. So, uh, and showing up and doing the what's what's the right thing to do, right? Is it right? And where from what perspective is that right thing? So if you are authentically yourself and you show up with compassion, then you are going to make the right choice. You're going to have, be able to have that balance. So the at the end of the day, the, the choice and accountability becomes a balance between authenticity, compassion, and self-care. And obviously, compassion is compassion for everybody else, including yourself. So the... I think the utopia is for everybody to come to the point or the realization that they have a choice and knowing what they, they can choose or what they can control and what they have choices about um, so that they know that they, they are accountable and they are accountable for the consequences um, because then we would all start interactive in a much more connecting way and we would actually have a much more peaceful existence. But uh, so hopefully one day we will get there and uh, uh, we are certainly working towards that. So <laughs> um, now just listening to you. Um, yes, I, I, I do believe that choice, right, and accountability is when 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 you realize, like you were saying, when you are aware that you had that free choice, you had that power of choosing, uh, or problem, or the problem is that when we don't feel free, right? And I think you wrote that on the uh, presentation poster, right? Mm -hmm. uh, people are not feeling free. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, that, that the main or, or that that lack of feeling free comes most of the time. It's an internal thing, right? It's that's why we're not choosing um, consciously. That unconsciousness is what um, I don't know how to say this. Is what is pushing us, right? Is what is um, creating this conflict, this separation, as, as you were talking at the beginning, that we, re, we, we believe that it's not our fault, that is, we are, I'm not responsible, I'm not, I'm, I'm not being accountable, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because I, I wasn't really free, right? But we don't recognize that it's not an external thing, it's basically an internal thing because we were not conscious about it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so, incredible i mean it's it's amazing how you know even if we're conscious when, when sorry when we're conscious even if the result of our choices are not the the are are not the one the the ones that we wanted um we do feel that uh responsibility we do recognize accountability because we did it consciously yeah. So I, I really thank you so much um, for for this discussion because even in Spanish, for example, we don't have a word for accountability, right? Accountability does. Uh, no, we use responsibility and we use a phrase, obligación de rendición 
de cuentas. Right. We, we don't have the word, the trans, a, a perfect translation for accountability. So what's so contabilidad? It, what does that translate into? Contabilidad? Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, it's from uh, countable, not, 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 not accountability, no. And, and I actually had this conversation about accountability in Spanish, right? And, and you can see it became a boom because of the business uh, word accountability, yeah. right? So it became, and you can see on, on the um, paperwork and they use the word in English, mm -hmm. accountability, and they put in, in, in parentheses, rendición de cuentas, obligación de rendición de cuentas. Yeah. It's a phrase. <laughs> so <laughs> I was really interested in listening to all of you about this because it is, it is, it has, it is all joined with the, the, the that feeling of, or that realization of freedom, right? Of yeah. how free I am but completely not because we subject our freedom to external things, but it's actually our internal things, right? Our internal condition that sets free. Absolutely. And I, speaking of that, if, again, if you externalize your choice about freedom, then it's something that can be taken away from you. And then when you feel that your freedom is threatened, then that then triggers that fear response, that defense mechanism, right? So then you will make choices from uh, the point of view of defending that feeling of freedom that you've externalized. Now, if you realize that if freedom is a feeling that exists within you, then you know, so, know that nobody can take it away from you. So there is no fear attached to it, right? So it becomes part of uh, part of your emotional intelligence rather than something you externalize that can be taken away from you. So oftentimes I work with clients that uh, feel that they've made poor choices in their uh, in their career, and you know they are in a profession that they don't want to be in any longer because they realize it's not their passion. And by me offering up to them that they have a choice, A, releases them from the, the, the chains of their, all the time they invested in their education and so forth, because understanding that whatever you've learned and whatever experiences you have, you are meant to have and those were choices you made, you're accountable for those choices, but you're never going to lose that. You're never going to lose the, the beauty and the gifts and the lessons you got from those experiences. And that you can always take with you. So choosing to pursue your passion, pursue, pursue, to pursue your purpose, then becomes a conscious choice, right? We may have ended up in a career because our family pushed us into it or that was the only option available to me uh, from the social status that I come or the social uh, level I come from, then that is an unconscious choice. But when we become conscious of our choices and what we can control, that then opens up the whole world to us.
and that we are able to move in to say, you know what, I can pursue my purpose, I can pursue my passion, irrespective of what, what choices I've made up until to, uh, this moment. And whatever choices I've made up to this moment has prepared me perfectly for pursuing my purpose and my choice. Appreciate everybody showing up and uh, sharing today and uh, hope you've uh, been able to take something away from uh, and resonate with something in this discussion. So um, appreciate that and uh, have a great uh, rest of your day or have a great evening or a great night wherever you are. Take care now. I hope you agree with me and my statement in the introduction that uh, this give, gave you a platform to ask some, uh, start asking some uh, really important questions to yourself. Just be mindful that the realization that you have a choice and the accountability can be quite daunting and quite uh, jarring once that establishes and takes root in your body as a part of your uh, attitude towards life. And uh, just be kind to yourself. Treat yourself with respect. At the Alchemy Experience uh, coaching workshops, we do spend a lot of time working through these different uh, aspects of life and looking at uh, how we might be able to simplify them to make it easier to understand and, uh, I suppose, assimilate and embody them uh, within our own experiences. So, if you're interested in uh, approaching your life and your experiences with choice and accountability but would like to have some assistance in sorting through the uh, mess as it were uh, then please do give us a, a shout or visit us on our website thealchemyexperience.co.uk and there you can visit a link uh, to set a 30 minute free uh, consultation with us to and that without any uh, conditions whatsoever, explore what this might mean to you and how you might explore this further into your life. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast and hope to see you next time and next release of uh, the podcast episodes. Take care now.